Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. How did he do it? How did he do it? That is Luka Magic! He hits! Bang! He Bang! Hits. It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! Thank you, What's good, y'all? Welcome back. Or if you're a new listener, welcome to the Just a Boy podcast, a Dallas Mavericks podcast. I'm your host, Joey Montoya. And as always, I'm in fact just a boy. Today, we're going to be discussing uh, the changes in the front office of the Dallas Mavericks organization. Um, We'll talk KP. We'll talk uh, first round exit to the Clippers and Damian Lillard becoming a Maverick. But let's begin um, with the Clippers and and that first round exit. You know, I, I took a step back from this podcast. And quite honestly, after the Clippers series, I was trying to take a step back from the Mavericks altogether. But Uh, As you might have guessed, they didn't allow me to do that. News broke just about every other day. And uh, I mean, I had to keep up with it. (laughs) It's just human nature. I have to keep up with my Mavs. I can't just allow things to go by and um, not formulate my opinions on them. So now I'm here to share those opinions. Uh, But like I said, we're going to start with the Clippers series. Um, I mean, it was an absolute heartbreaker. We did everything we possibly could. Luka Doncic played MVP levels. Uh, the only criticism you can really have for Luca is is the free throws, uh, and that's kind of been a storyline throughout his career so far. Uh, but that's not something you really worry about. I mean, at least not too much. Uh, Luca's young; he'll figure it out. He's a superstar. Uh, but I say that more so in the context of we're not going to point at Luca's free throw shooting as the reason why we lost this series. Uh, we lose in seven games. Take the two zero series lead, man. Take me back to when we were up two zero, stealing two on the road. And the vibes were immaculate, as Jalen Brunson would say, feeling like the most stable organization in all of basketball. And just about a week later, (laughs) everything changes. And I mean, it's just really tough when we feel like we had a legitimate chance to win this series. Uh, We blow a 26 point lead in game three. We can't win a home game. And and a lot of our success was contingent on the play of the role players around Luka. And at the end of the day, Luca needed help, and this roster is just not good enough yet to contend for a title. And I mean, despite blowing that 2-0 lead, you got to give some credit to the Clippers. So tip your caps to the Clippers. They're a very deep team. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi, especially Kawhi, were just playing out of their minds, playing the superstar level that they're capable of. And they have a lot of solid role players, guys like Reggie Jackson, like Marcus Morris, who, I mean, Marcus Morris at the beginning of the series... And Reggie Jackson, I think in game one, they really couldn't hit a shot, uh, but they came to show up later on in that series and they were a a huge part of the success uh, of the Clippers. And boy, oh boy, what a game we saw from Terrence Mann there in the second round to close out the Utah Jazz. And the Clippers are now in the Western Conference Finals battling it out with the Suns. They're currently down two games to one. Uh, I'm obviously pulling for the Suns. I want Chris Paul to get his ring. Uh, But as much as it hurts, we got to tip our caps to the Clippers. Uh, But don't think I wasn't going to go this whole podcast without mentioning that Luca made both Zubac and Patrick Beverly unplayable in this series, Uh, more so Beverly. I mean, he was too small. He was too effing small, as Luca said himself. Um, And Zubac, it's like anytime we got the switch on him, he was just destroying it. Um, Tyleron Liu made the adjustments. They went small ball, and it worked. We uh, obviously don't have a rim protector. Uh, Sorry, Kristaps. Sorry, Willie. We just don't have a guy who's protecting that rim, and that's a, that's a big piece that would have been critical to our success. Also, whenever they weren't going small, it seems like Zubac would get every single rebound, and, and nothing is more frustrating. Obviously, I mean, we saw it throughout the season, just not rebounding. It's just so, so frustrating to give a team like the Clippers, who uh, are one of the historical great three-pointing teams uh, by the numbers, 
It's like if you give those guys all these chances to score, they're going to find the bottom of the net. And I can't stress enough how great that Kawhi Leonard was in this series. Uh, We were defending him as perfectly as we could, and he would still find a way to score. Uh, Obviously, Luka had a series like that too, but the difference was that Kawhi Leonard had much more help. But the reason I want to point out that the Clippers are a deep team is because after this loss, it seems like a bunch of fans were just uh, very down on us and saying we're just the worst team in the league, which is just simply not true. We have a very solid team. Uh, but just they're just not ready to compete for a championship. And the Clippers just had a better roster, a deep team. Uh, they go down 2-0 in the following series. They come back from that against the Utah Jazz, who were the number one seed, the best team in the league uh, all year. Um, and, of course, they fall down two games to nothing again to the Suns uh, as they're climbing back now. Once again, here come the Clippers one more time. Uh, but hopefully the Suns hold on. I want to see Chris Paul get that ring. So here we are a few weeks later. Like I said, tremendous changes and it it all began with the Tim Cato piece uh, which I wanted to take with a grain of salt anytime news headlines like that comes out I always take it with a grain of salt and I really didn't want to believe this that uh, the whole Bob situation vulgaris harla Bob I don't know how to say his name if I'm being with with all due respect I don't know how to say your name Uh, but him being a shadow GM and really making all the decisions and Donnie just kind of being there I really didn't want to believe that and uh, Mavs Twitter, of course, was freaking out with Donnie Nelson's comments a few days before that. It was the day after we lost the series. Donnie is basically saying Luka Doncic needs to do more. He needs to pass the ball more. Like, what are you talking about? If you're going to look at this series and, and pinpoint a reason why we lost, none of it has to do with Luka Doncic, and I just to- totally did not understand that whatsoever. But Tim Cato comes out with this piece, and yeah, I didn't want to believe any of it. Uh, but it, very shortly, I believe it was two days after that came out, Donnie Nelson gets fired. Mark Cuban comes out with the BS tweet, sounding like he's trying to defend Donnie Nelson. And then there's rumors of did Donnie Nelson leak some of this stuff to try to push uh, this vulgaris guy out and, and get more control. Just so much progressed so fast. So Donnie Nelson leaves. I think a lot of people were relatively happy with that. And I I just real quickly want to thank Donnie Nelson for everything he's done for the organization. Whatever you want to say, uh, he drafted Dirk. He built the 2011 championship team. And yes, he traded for KP. And regardless about how you feel about KP right now, hindsight is 2020. And in that moment, that was a home run trade. And I still believe we won the trade, but we don't really need to dive into that. We'll talk about Chris Stops a little bit later on in this episode, but I just wanted to thank Donnie really quick. And then a day later, it comes out that Rick Carlisle is stepping down as the Mavericks head coach. This one much more unexpected. We obviously know the history of Rick maybe not getting along with some of his players, the classic example being Rajon Rondo. Um, and we know that, that Rick is just a hard ass. And there's reports that maybe him and Luke aren't necessarily getting along, which who really knows? Uh, I immediately thought of in the playoffs when Luca was yelling at Rick saying, don't call a timeout if we don't effing need one. And maybe that was nothing. Maybe that wasn't a huge deal. But obviously something was going on. We knew that there were going to be changes uh, as far as the front office coaching, whatever it was going to be. And when Donnie was fired, I thought that was it. And then a day later, uh, Rick is gone, which best of luck to him. He gets a job in Indiana. And on the way out, he makes these comments of, of Jason Kidd. He wants Jason Kidd to be the next head coach. And, and we're thinking, what the heck is that about? We just just leave. We're already in shambles as a fan base right now. Don't throw gasoline on the fire, Rick. But he did. And uh, best of luck, like I said, to Rick Carlisle and um, – Whatever you think about this decision, all I know is that he is the winningest coach in Mavericks history. He led us to the 2011 championship, and he is still one of the best coaches in this league. So um, 
Rick, thank you for your service. But after that news, it's like I was numb to anything. No matter what news breaks at this point, it, I'm not going to really be impacted by it. And as tough as it is to see a guy like Carlisle go, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, Jamal Mosley is going to get a head coaching job somewhere. And if we were to hang on to Rick and we would have bounced out of the first round to 30 year in a row uh, and, and fire Rick at that point and Jamal Mosley's already gone, we were going to be really upset about that. So I'm thinking, you know, now's the best time of ever to be making all these changes. I mean, Jamal Mosley is a guy that Luca loves and we can completely rebuild everything around our superstar. Um, so when Donnie actually got fired, we were thinking maybe Rick goes up to basketball ops and then Jamal Mosley get the promotion to head coach. That way Rick is still a part of the organization. We get our guy, we get Luca's guy and we officially start the new era, the Luca era um, under new coaching, which I guess no matter who's the next head coach, it, it's a new era. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's very possible that Rick was offered this position, the basketball ops with the idea that we'd bring in a new head coach. And Rick just said, you know what? I still want to be a head coach in this league. And that was his reason for stepping down. Again, we don't know all the details. We just know what's reported to us. Uh, So a lot of this is speculation, of course. And like I said earlier, it felt like Rick was throwing fuel on the fire with his Jason Kidd comments. And very shortly after that, we get the news, hey, Jason Kidd actually is the front runner for this job. (laughs) We're like, okay. This progressed very quickly as well to where Jason Kidd is now the Dallas Mavericks' new head coach. And... For basketball ops and GM, we're like, oh, maybe Finley will step up. No, we bring in Nico Harrison, a guy from Nike. And through what I've read, uh, his position at Nike has permitted for really close relationships with tons of players across the league, which obviously is huge for recruiting. So he's a guy that players love, and he can probably convince to come sign in Dallas. And of course, when you have Luka Doncic, we already have that little bit of persuasion of, uh, hey, you can come play with Luka. Uh, But that's where the Damian Lillard rumors stemmed from was that, well, first of all, Uh, In the past, he's been quoted as saying that he wants to play for Jason Kidd, and now that he's our head coach, uh, there's that for him, and then also that he has a close relationship with Nico Harrison, and um, the stars were kind of aligning there for a Damian Lillard to Dallas move. And as far as the Jason Kidd hire, I mean, it's possible that the Mavericks were already focused in on Jason Kidd, and they were looking for a GM who would kind of agree with that move, but regardless, I think this is a great hire. Like I said, he has all those connections through Nike. And I think it's going to be huge for roster shakeups in the future. I mean, a guy like CJ McCollum on Twitter congratulated Nico for getting that job. Um, So really, really cool relational guy. So let's talk about this as a quote unquote package deal of Nico Harrison and Jason Kidd. I I failed to completely even mention the Mavs brought back Dirk, which was, (laughs) I mean, the best news that we had that up to that point. And it honestly probably still is the best news that we've gotten that Dirk is back in an advisory role and of course, Dirk, I, I, I joked with my friends, Dirk is officially an old head for signing off on Jason Kidd. Because um, in my mind, it's like, if you want to bring back 2011 nostalgia, let's bring back J.J. Barea as an assistant coach. And now with Jason Kidd coming in as the head coach, it sounds like uh, Barea and Jason Terry are likely coming back in some sort of assistant coach role, whatever that may be. But man, it, it's just tough to know that Jamal Mosley's right there and there is a strong chance that he goes and gets a head coaching job somewhere else. And if we are not successful in this upcoming season under Jason Kidd, we're going to be looking at Jamal Mosley as a missed opportunity. But yeah, let's focus on Jason Kidd, the whole Nico Harrison being a package deal with Jason Kidd, whether that's true or not, uh, but focusing on Jason Kidd specifically. 
because I think he's gotten a lot of backlash. And um, if you guys know me, you know I'm probably one of the most optimistic Mavs fans that there is. But I want to look at it from the positive side. You know, Jason Kidd obviously was not super successful as a head coach. Um, He had the famous uh, run into me and spill my drink so we get an extra timeout. Um, But I will say there's something to say about, you know, Giannis was not very happy that the Bucks were going to fire Jason Kidd. And he asked Jason Kidd, hey, do you want me to help to try to save your job? Um, so he had a great relationship with Giannis and, and it seems like he's a great player development and, and relational coach. And it was really just the X's and O's. And so you got to keep in mind that he was an assistant coach for the Lakers and he won a championship, um, under the direction of Vogel. He was around LeBron James, Anthony Davis and, and a championship team. And I think him taking a step back and, looking at coaching from an assistant perspective and not having control of all the chess pieces that that will be huge for him coming back as far as the X's and O's perspective. At least that that's the optimism in me Uh, at this point. It's like as a Mavs fan, we have to, you don't have to do anything honestly, but um, I'm going to support Jason Kidd and obviously hope for his success um, because we want our maps to be successful. It's just tough. It's just tough that Jamal Mosley was right in front of our faces and, um, he's likely going elsewhere. So we're bringing the whole 2011 band back together. Next thing you know, we're going to have the custodian in, in the front office job. Who knows? Uh, Tyson Chandler, maybe the next domino to fall, but, um, very, very interesting move. And hopefully it's not, uh, a matter of Mark Cuban wanting to keep as much control as he can, which honestly, whoever he hires, Mark Cuban has the final say. He maybe has too much say is, is what a lot of people believe. And I'm probably part of that train too, but here we are with the new faces. And I feel like the next step for these Mavericks would be roster changes, right? Now that we got uh, names in the front office, we know who's going to be there now. The next domino to fall would be roster changes. And obviously I think heading into free agency, uh, re-signing Tim Hardaway Jr. sounds like the priority for the Mavericks as it should. I mean, he has been the second best player for us, quite honestly. Um, and then after that, you know, Josh Richardson has that player option, which like hopefully he doesn't pick up, but I don't think that he doesn't pick it up because it's, it's, he's not going to get more money than that in free agency. But uh, he's probably a name that will be on the trading block. We'll be using him as a piece. Um, and then there's Kristaps Porzingis. And boy, after that seven-game series, Kristaps was under a ton of heat. And again, if you know me, I've been very... I've been defending Kristaps for a very long time. And after that series, I will say it's very tough to continue to do so. But here's what I will say. Kristaps Porzingis with the meniscus injury without, with basically no off season, he came back. And the fact that he was even out in the court and he played 45 games or whatever it was, that in itself is very successful. Um, now he did have a tough seven game stretch. That's, that's no question about it. Kristaps struggled against the Clippers and we kind of tried to get him going. But I mean, to start the series off, they had Kawhi on him. So that shows what the Clippers believe Kristaps can, can do as an offensive player. And, and I mean, they probably remember what he did last year in the bubble. He was a monster offensively. Um, and then after that, they would, they would throw double teams at him and it's like Kristaps would not sense them very well. We all know defensively Kristaps has been a liability. Um, there's a lot of things we can look at, but you know, the unicorn 2.0, you might hate that I'm <laughs> still, I'm still by his side. I still believe in KP and I still want this man to succeed. And you might hate that, but you know, this is the first off season he's going into healthy in his entire career. 
And obviously, if he doesn't succeed next season, <laughs> I'm hopping off the train. But I still believe that he has got something left in the tank. I still believe that he um, can revitalize his career here in Dallas. And uh, maybe we use him differently under different coaching um, I just have this feeling that if we let go of KP, he's going to go ball out somewhere else. And maybe you guys are okay with that. Uh, I kind of hinted on the Damian Lillard rumors earlier with his connections to Nico Harrison and, and wanting to play for Jason Kidd. Uh, but there was also reports of him being disgruntled with the Portland Trailblazers and wanting out. And who knows the validity behind that report. But if Damian Lillard is going to be traded to the Mavericks, it has to be him forcing his way there in a James Harden-esque, Anthony Davis-esque type of move. But whether we're trading for a guy like Damian Lillard or a guy of much lesser value, if your name is not Luka, you are not safe on this roster this offseason. And um, that's kind of sad because it's like I love a lot of our players, but we obviously need to make improvements on this roster. And you got to give up talent to get talent. And it's probably going to be some of the guys we love, a Maxi Kleba, hopefully not a Dorian Finney-Smith, but maybe a Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, hopefully not a Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, no one is really safe. All we know is that Luka Doncic is uh, our franchise right now, which is obviously not bad news. But, I mean, the popular opinion seems to be that we need a secondary ball handler that's going to take the load off of Luka that can create for himself. And if we're making that upgrade via trade, it's going to involve trading Tim Hardaway Jr. That's really just the reality of it. Um, assuming that we re-sign him, which I fully expect us to, he wants to be here. We want him here. Um, but literally no one is safe and who knows, maybe we make that upgrade through free agency. I'm, I'm really excited to see what new management does, what, uh, Nico Harrison has planned for this roster. So it is very clear that this off season is going to go down in Mavericks history for better or for worse. Uh, we might be looking back regretting the decisions we made, regretting not hiring Jamal Mosley when he's right in front of us, a guy that Luca loves. If we're building a team around Luca, wouldn't you get a guy that Luca loves? But hopefully it works. Hopefully Jason Kidd not only gets the Dirk Nowitzki stamp of approval, but he also gets that Luka Doncic stamp of approval. But that's about all I have for you guys. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. It feels good to just hop back on the pod. Uh, but once again, this has been the Just a Boy Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Montoya. And as always, go Mavs and God bless. Shut it down.